This is an Average Fan Podcast hosted by Benny Hanna. Continue to like, rate, and subscribe. Make sure to share. Now streaming on Spotify and on Apple Podcasts. This is an Average Fan Podcast hosted by Benny Hanna. everybody welcome back to an average fan podcast your host l jones we here to talk some hoops yes some basketball it's been long overdue but i've been giving the season time to kind of just pick up and get into what the season gets into how y'all doing out there thank you for rating liking and subscribing continue to share the podcast help with the growth hey basketball let's get into it y'all okay did y'all check out some of the games from last night did y'all see some of the games from last night man were we treated to some and it wasn't even it wasn't even a lot of games on the schedule last night right but yet and still we were treated to some gems last night tuesday night tnt for uh, those who are privileged enough to have cable, right? Uh, we saw a New Orleans and Memphis matchup. Man, just watching that game made me... It, it, it brought the energy of a playoff game. But we're like, what, just a month into the season? So, love that game. That game was awesome. Uh, just watching Ja Morant and what... He brings to the league, right? And this is going to, I know I'm going to sound like I'm all over the place, but just bear with me, right? Okay. So the NBA has seen like a surge, a surge in scoring that I would probably have to fact check with history, but I'm pretty much sure that we haven't seen anything kind of like what we're seeing now in the NBA. And when I say that, Here's why I say this, okay? If you listen to one of my previous episodes dealing with the NBA this season, I highlighted that like 10 players were all averaging over 30 points per game this year. And true enough with averages and everything, it'll, it'll balance itself back out, right? They'll, they'll, some of the numbers will go down. But what we're seeing now is just crazy, right? And I just feel like We've seen a surge due to like many different reasons, right? Well, we could just highlight youth development in basketball. Kids are playing more games at a younger age now. We got AAU. You know, you got some organizations starting up outside of AAU. You got rec basketball. You got school ball. So you got kids consistently just playing the game, just the repetition, right? Then you have some who are just being taught well the game, just students of the game. Not only this, you got rule changes, right? Rule changes has led to a lot of scoring in this NBA. So we see like LeBron, right? Everybody talks about how, you know, this year, especially like just dealing with the injuries, like ever since he's come to L.A., 
He's dealt with some injuries. And it's like father time. We know it's undefeated. We know he has this thing going kind of uh, with the commercials. If you've seen the new Nike commercials for his new shoe, the LeBron 20s, you know, he did. he's going against father time. So smart uh, marketing strategy, obviously. But we're seeing the age on him in a way we've never seen it from him or this level of play from him just being hurt. But check it out. It's not just LeBron, right? Look at look at KD. Look at Curry. Lillard, Harden, even Giannis. They're all becoming the old guard in the NBA right now. That's not to say they can't hoop. They can't ball with the best of them, right? Kevin Durant right now is averaging over 30 points a game. 30.6 if you round up. So Giannis at 31.3. Steph at 31.5. Reason I say that, right, is because even though these guys, they're ballers, they're hoopers, they're up on the north side of the age factor. Because who do you compare it to, right? Jason Tatum, Devin Booker, John Morant, Luka Doncic, Zion Williamson, um, Mitchell, Donovan Mitchell, um, Darius Garland, Shy, Trey Young. I could keep going. So are we really looking at there? I don't want to say a basketball revolution, but just a changing of the guard, right? Because the latter names I read, I ran a rattle, rattled off, excuse me. Luca's number one in scoring 34 points a game. Joel's number two. Uh, I didn't throw his name in there, but he's obviously of the newer, um, Jason Tatum at 31, Donovan Mitchell at 31, Shy at 31. So, and then you got John Trey Young at 9 and 10. They're at 28.8 and 26.9 respectively. So, when we look at this, are we seeing the changing of the guard? The flow of the game is different. It's a different game now. Uh, Me, myself, I grew up in an era where Michael Jordan dominated. Let's just be honest. But... There was a lot of strong big man play. Now you don't really see it outside of Joel Embiid and the play of uh, Jokic. You don't really see the big man game. Like a lot of people are more versatile to stretch fours. It's just, it's just different, right? Because we'll take AD. AD is a prime example of hybrid status, right? Here you have AD who point guard in high school hits a growth spurt now all of a sudden size wise he's a small power forward what wait hold up he was just playing point guard last year on the freshman team in high school now all of a sudden he's like six foot eight six foot eight six foot nine what the heck is going on so big man the big man game is is no longer like the big man the paint working inside out We don't see it as much. We see it, but we don't see it as much, right? The main attraction now is the long ball, right? We heard LeBron coin the phrase basketball term-wise that chicks dig the long ball. We've heard it applied to baseball, but he applied it to basketball in in the sense that we have to understand that uh, when when it comes to scoring, this is what we're seeing now. When it comes to selling the game of basketball, this is what we see. So I've talked about it time and time again. You know, kids, 
Nine days, they'll pull up to your gym and they'll go off. You know, next thing you know, they're coming in. They're not taking layups. They're shooting jumpers. They're shooting threes. First shots. Like the game could be going to 15. It might take 30 minutes because everybody's shooting threes. No one's no one's attempting a, a elbow. No one has the DeMar DeRozan package at your local gyms, right? Or at least they don't use it. Everybody's going for the long ball, right? Everybody can shoot. You see one go in, and all of a sudden you got a court full of Steph Curry's or they think they're Steph Curry's. But I say that in a way, look at how Ja, he could catch a rebound and catch a rebound putback dunk, and he makes it look like a like it's at the slam dunk contest. So we know that once these legends of the late 2000s leave the game or when they're phased out just by just by talent and age, um, the, the newer guard, the new talent, I think the league is in good hands, right? I think we're going to see some decent basketball. You know how it goes. The older generation, we're going to sound like the guys who – Grew up watching the bad boy Pistons and stuff. Oh, in our day. So we have to change how we view the game without changing the integrity of the game, if y'all get what I'm saying. But I just wanted to throw that out there because I do feel like we're watching the changing of a guard. Maybe you could say a revolution lightly. But as we talk about that, let's get back into these games from last night. As I said, hey, CJ McCollum has been balling since he came to New Orleans. He dropped 30 last night. John Morant. He dropped 36 and, you know, you heard people of the likes of like Kendrick Perkins saying things of the nature as Jaws must see TV. And he is right. Watching the game last night, boom, just happened to just get home from a basketball practice, come in, flip it on. I mean, I'm not even five seconds into just the TV warming up and getting a picture. All of a sudden, John Morant takes it inside Goes the goes for the for the the right hand layup, then switches it to his offhand in midair, Michael Jordan's, and then yams it down. And I mean, it's just it's crazy, it's mind-boggling. I tweeted out last night, just this matchup right between him and uh, Jose Alvarado of the Pelicans reminded me so much of Ty Lue and Allen Iverson. Don't know if you feel that same way, but that's how I was feeling when I was watching it. It's just we know that Ja is just the star, and you got Jose Alvarado, who he he's a he's a key contributor. He brings the energy. We're not knocking him in his game, but it just gives you those Tyron Lue vibes, those battles that they had kind of uh, in in the in the finals uh, when they were with the 76ers and the Lakers. So we saw Dallas and we saw the Clippers. Luca continues to own the Clippers, right? Uh, they come back. Game winning, basically a game winning jumper by uh, Luka Doncic is he dropped 35 points last night. Has anybody seen Kawhi Leonard? That's neither here nor there. Uh, the Knicks, they grabbed one from Utah. Portland. Portland's been balling. And Jer Jeremy Grant, Damian Lillard, Anthony Simons, they're all averaging over 20 points a game. So shout out to Chauncey Bendless. And the job he's doing um, so far in this young season, just getting it done, man. Winning by any cost. 
and the big talking point of the night, right? Talking about maybe a revolution and a change of guard. Brooklyn goes up there to Sacramento. They lose 153 to 121. No, nah, I'm not making this up. Terrence Davis comes off the bench and he drops 31 points. Like y'all tried me for even bringing me off the bench. And behind this game, behind this game, man, Twitter was on fire today. Last night and then today, right? Bleacher Report coming out talking about via Shams and Sam Amick. There is frustration building within the nets around Ben Simmons, the availability and just his overall level of play. They are questioning this man's passion for the game. And this is so interesting, right? Because I, I look, I don't want to make excuses for a millionaire who's playing the game which many people love to play it for free. Like they play it for free and they love the game. And these guys were getting paid me. I'm not going to make excuses for that guy, but here's what I'm going to say. Right. I'm going to say this. These millionaire basketball players understand one thing about the game of basketball today itself, that we sometimes who don't get paid millions of dollars to really understand, even those who used to get paid millions and kind of take the role of an analyst, color commentator, just a guy who breaks it down. They understand the business part. And sometimes they look at the situation they're in. And I'm not saying this is right or wrong, right? They'll look at this situation and then they're like, you know what? Nah, I can't. I can't. And that's what you're seeing here. It's not a lack of play. Like, a man does not forget how to play the game of basketball. What do we what do we talk? Those who hoop, right? Those who have played the game before. What have what do we know? Like when you haven't shot the ball in a long time. What's the analogy, right? It's just like riding a bike. Some things you just don't forget. So let's not, and that's why they will have to question his passion. But his passion hasn't died. Sometimes your scenery or your environment can really be toxic and cloud your mind, right? Everything that's going on, it's like he has got sucked in to the vapors of the whole Nets organization, the Kyrie Irving, like still, no COVID, right? We're not dealing with COVID now, but we're dealing with Kyrie being suspended because of some things that he tweeted out, which he shouldn't probably have tweeted out in the business sense, your representation of your company. He shouldn't have tweeted out, but he did. And now Ben Simmons is like, damn, like I, I want it out from Philly because the fans were getting on me. And I come to this situation, I'm looking at it like, hell, I got Kevin Durant. I got Kyrie Irving. We got some decent pieces. We can make this work. Yeah. Maybe he wasn't thinking that. Maybe that was just a fan aspect of thinking that, right? But... <laughs> That's neither here nor there, but we'll get into some look, y'all. It went digital. I told y'all like it went crazy, right? So, huh, where do we begin? Okay. Shout out to Chris Haynes for the wonderful article he wrote and breaking down some comments that Kevin Durant made. Okay. Um, 
as I told you, one fifty three to one twenty one is not is not good at all. Um, how bad is it? It's the most points the net, the Kings have scored in twenty nine years. So. KD had an exclusive Bleacher Report interview. I, I, y'all in y'all leisure, go check this out. He really just went over some things and he highlighted some things in this interview. The details of like the trade request, right? Why he did it, what he's, what he's looking for, right? How he views Jock Vaughn and you know basically his assessment of leaders. And so, uh, I quote this from this article and it says it wasn't difficult at all to request a trade because it was about ball. I went to them and I was like, yo, I don't like where we were, how we are preparing. I don't like shoot arounds. I like practices. I need more. I want to work on more ish, right? Hold me accountable. Get on me in film study. If that's going to help to get every like to get on everybody or get in their head. I want to do more closeouts. I want to work on more shell drills at practice. This is the type of stuff that I was coming at them with. I wasn't like, yo, y'all need to make sure everybody around me can make my life easier. Hell no. Nah. I want to make everybody else's life easier. Ask Steve Nash. You can call him right now. I would say, yo, I need more closeout drills. We need to practice more. That's what I was on. So we'll pause that there, right? Because who wouldn't love that? Who wouldn't love to hear that from their superstar, right? Because we know as you get older in age, what's one of the things that we hear or that we know of that players don't want to do? They don't want to practice that much. So KD's like, yo, I, I still want to be great. I still have this passion burning. But the media and the narratives, they're portraying it like, I don't want this, right? So KD is speaking his piece, speaking his side. It's interesting that he threw Steve Nash's name in there because we know what media reports have said about how he viewed Steve Nash. He goes on to say he wasn't feeling that and that nobody was on the same vibe as he was. Jock Vaughn is. I had some complaints in the summer. My complaints were not just about him, right? It was about how they were moving forward as a unit. He wanted them to be respected out there in the basketball world. I don't want players to look at us and say, oh, man, these bleeps are full of bleep. This is not the type of team I want to be on. So when we're all playing like, you know, doo-doo, you know the one person they're going to look at. That's why I requested a trade. And, you know, people are going to really look at this and the people are going to say, yep. That's why he went to Golden State. He didn't want to be that guy. People are going to dissect this this article that he wrote. You know, they're they're going to look at it and you know, they're going to say, "Hey man, Kevin Durant, he don't want to be he's not that guy. He's not a leader. He he's not who you want to build your team around. Great talent, just not that guy." Even I myself have stated that, right? I've stated that when you look at him He's got alpha game, but his leadership isn't alpha. There's no disrespect on him. He leads in a different way. It's not vocal. It's not boisterous. That's just not who he is. But nevertheless, we respect him for 
what he does. But as I stated, he just didn't want to look bad. He wanted them to actually be good. But when you're not on the same page, what do you do? We see people get divorced all the time. We see players split ways. We see a lot of separation that goes on in life. People leave jobs. Sometimes you're just at different peak. You're at different just peaks. Like you're not seeing eye to eye. All that. So he says that they're going to look back at Kevin Durant. Right? So what happened after this? Nets fired Nash. They promoted Vaughn. Added a spark. But it's just going to take more than just some different coaching to really make things happen. KD harps back on the practices. He likes good practices, good preparation, good energy. He feels like since they made the move, they've been seeing that. He wants guys to win. He he sees that his guys are playing as hard as they can. That's what they really need, right? He said he's happy with the state of the team. Now, this is funny because all this is happening when Kyrie is out. They've even been playing better since Kyrie has been out. It could not be. It might not be the fact that Kyrie's not there and it's like, oh, Kyrie's gone. We're going to play better. But it's kind of the distraction. If you're trying to focus in on your game and you got to get hit with questions about, well, what do you think about Kyrie's remarks? A lot of this stuff kind of throws people off their game. So. Um, Irvin still on suspension, Ben Simmons, you know, his availability. So Durant, Hey, he's, he's the focal point. He's the guy. He's like individually. I'm like, all right, I have to dodge five defenders, but it's fun going through that because it's only making me better as a basketball player. If I can't, if I can experience everything in the league, then my career is set. He's experienced it all, right? championships rookie of the year all-stars free agency the trades all-star mvps olympics he did everything in this league so yeah i'm experiencing something i wasn't expecting the last two years with guys in and out of the lineup not playing well a seven seed getting swept in the first round all that ish that's a part of the league that's part of everybody's journey just because i gotta go through it doesn't mean i'm miserable so you know, Kevin Durant clapped back at those who challenged his leadership. I'm not a leader. <laughs> what the F does that mean? A lot of people say I'm not a leader because I didn't tell Kyrie to get vaccinated. Come on. Or I didn't condemn Kyrie for leaving the team, going out and living his life. I'm not about to tell a grown ass man what he can and can't do with his own life and dissect his views or how he thinks about stuff. We can have a conversation and exchange perspectives on it, right? But everybody else, they don't need to know or hear about the conversations that we have. We're grown men. I don't operate like that. And you respect that, right? Keep everything in house. All these leaks and these players pillow talking with these news reporters, man, kill that. Kill that, right? You're adding to to problems that are trying to be dealt with in-house, and once they leak out, it's just over. 
He don't need to show or tell everybody what he's doing with his teammates. So y'all can pump me up and say, yeah, KD, you're the boss. You're the leader. All this other stuff, you know, I don't I don't need it. I don't come to you and say, hey, Chris, write this story about me. You're talking about Chris Haynes, who he's a fabulous. He does fabulous work. You see him now. He's doing more color commentating, covering the game. So y'all check out Chris Haynes and everything he, do, he does. But he says... He comes here and he respects the media, right? I talk to y'all like a real one, even after a blowout loss, right? All this that he's talking about last night was after they got trounced last against the Kings, right? So he's opening all this up. Some people will say, well, it's, it's perfect timing, right? He, he's just basically telling y'all he's done with the Nets. But we still get into it because he talks about this lineup. And this is the point I kind of want to leave with, right? He says, looking at our starting lineup, Edmund Sumner, Royce O'Neal, Joe Harris, Nick, meaning Nick Claxton, and himself. It's not disrespect, but what are you expecting from that group? You expect us to win because I'm out there? So if you're watching from that lens, you're expecting us to play well because number seven is out there. <laughs> Dude, I love Kevin Durant's openness and honestness. Y'all check out the rest of that article. I, I mean, I've done a good majority of the work for y'all, but y'all check that article out because it's fire, man. And I like his openness even after the loss. Get that stuff off your chest, man, and move forward. So what are our thoughts on that, right? I've seen people on Twitter going crazy today, right? Man, if LeBron had said something like this, or man, imagine George. So he's 100% right because he's saying what we all feel like. Those who are fans of Kevin Durant are probably saying this same exact thing. I mean, look at the team he has. Like, we know certain analysts is like, this team is good, right? Seth Curry's been dealing with injuries. Joe Harris has just come back. He doesn't have Kyrie. You know, he didn't mention Kyrie. Didn't mention uh, Curry. He didn't mention Ben Simmons. So he's kind of telling y'all something. They ridiculed LeBron for saying his team was top heavy because he needed other guys besides their big three to help them win championships and win games. And it's true. It's a team sport. The talent level now is becoming more and more equated. You're having more of these big name guys on almost every team. So it's, it's a little difficult when you don't have a system that's structured to make all the guys basically a cog. And all these cogs revolve around the main cogs, which would be your Kevin Durant or your Kyrie Irving. If you're just basing everything off your main cogs, when they wear down, where are the other cogs to help keep stuff in motion? Even if you are moving at a slower rate, you're still moving. We're kind of seeing that with the Lakers, right? They're struggling. Their team is evolved around one cog that constantly gets stuck. So now when that cog is stuck, there's no movement. This is why they're not a good basketball team right now. Minus the fact that it seems like the Lakers haven't played in two weeks. Like, dude, dude these jokers. How do they even play 82 games? Like, I've always wondered that about the Lakers. It seems like the Lakers only played, like, on Wednesdays and Sundays. I swear. Even growing up, dude, like... Watching Kobe Bryant, I swear it's like, dude, where's Kobe? Like, when does Kobe and them play? 
I only see Kobe on Wednesdays or Tuesday and a Sunday. Next thing you know, you're like, dang, they didn't play as many games as everybody else. This is back in the day, y'all. I was naive. But bump all that. Y'all, like I said, go check out that article that Chris Haynes wrote. Uh, great story. Man, let's talk about some Eastern Conference. Let's go over some of these Eastern Conference standards, right? You got Boston at 11 and 3. They're playing the number three seed currently in the East Atlanta at 9 and 5. They're playing them. They're tipping off. They're about to get ready to tip off. Milwaukee is number two at 10 and 3. Amazing how two of their losses came against Atlanta. This Atlanta team, I like what they're doing so far. They got to keep it up. Cleveland started off hot, struggling uh, as of late. I mean, their last 10, they're 6 and 4. They went on like a little four. They're on like a little four-game losing streak. So Cleveland dropping to eight and five. They're gonna grow through, go through some growing pains, but I believe they'll be a factor. This bottom half, though, seven through ten, which would be your playing teams: the New York Knicks, the Philadelphia 76ers, minus James Harden, Miami Heat, all at seven and seven right now, and in the in the Pacers, Indianapolis Pacers, they are sitting at or Indiana Pacers, excuse me are sitting at six and six. So and we got the next two, which would be the 11 and 12. We have Chicago and then we have Brooklyn, six and eight and six and nine. Chicago, man, they were a good team last year. We're starting to see a little regression with them. Uh, when we look at now that, which is the Western Conference, we talking about Portland, Denver, and Utah, top three seeds, right? Utah at 10 and 6. Dang, they didn't play more games than everybody. They didn't play 16 games already so far. Um Denver 9 and 4 and Portland at 10 and 4. So I'm happy to see Dame having success, having some success uh up there in Portland. How long can they sustain this? I definitely think Portland will make the playoffs barring any injuries, but what seat will they fall in remains to be seen. Uh, going down four through six, we got you. We got Phoenix, excuse me, Dallas and Memphis. Uh, seven through ten, we got the New Orleans Pelicans, Sacramento Kings, the Clippers, and Minnesota. Guess who's the number eleven seed? The Golden State Warriors. They are struggling this year. Surprisingly, it's still early. Look, they can make a run, but we all just watched the team. Probably about what the 2016. So we're talking about six, seven years ago. We watched the team, and it don't even seem like that long. But we watched them go out and only lose nine games in the season, and they've already lost eight. So how the mighty have fallen, but how times have changed. I told you, it's a different guard going. It's something different in this league right now that we're witnessing, that we're seeing. So. We got to embrace the change that's going on. I think basketball is still in good hands, but it's just so much going on with the game right now. Um, I love to see it. Golden State, uh, they sent uh, Wiseman to down to the G League, so hopefully they can get him going, maybe help them out. They've even brought Jordan Poole in the starting lineup. We've heard Charles and them talk about the decline of Klay Thompson. I mean, things happen with age. He fought back from an injury. He's done a lot of things. The dude hadn't played basketball in almost three years. So to expect him to return back to who he was when he was at his peak is just crazy. Um, but we're seeing a lot of things. 
the Draymond chatter, how much that factors into their slow, rugged start. I mean, is there a division within the locker room? We don't know. We can only speculate. So why even talk about it? What we do know is I personally have concerns about this Minnesota team. I know y'all said, man, whoa, wait, slow down. Hold up. You're everywhere. Just stay with me. I got concerns about this Minnesota team because they traded so much to get Rudy Gobert and it's not working. The project is not working. They're not playing. They're not a good team right now. I don't like it because I feel bad for Ant Edwards. Ant Edwards is probably a budding star, but he, dude, all he'll be is a guy who sells tickets there. He won't be able to compete for anything there. Minnesota fans, y'all might be mad. Some of y'all might know what I'm talking about. It's not going to work with Carl Anthony Towns and Rudy Gobert in the paint. People are questioning, like, why aren't we seeing Ant dunk? Ant can't dunk. Because Rudy Gobert is stuck on the inside. And Carl Anthony Towns, even though he can shoot, let's be honest, he's not going to draw that defender so far out there. They'll let him, they'll concede those shots because they know he is not a point guard. He's not a shooting guard. He's not going to torch them every night from out there so yeah the paint the paint's a little bit clogged right you're starting to see the same thing that you see in la with the lakers right why is russ struggling so much right dude he is a downhill guy and he can't get downhill because you have another guy in lebron james who is a downhill guy and you have anthony davis playing the five when he told you he likes to play the four but if he's playing the five he's in the paint the paint's clogged there's no spacing Okay, spacing is important. So, yeah, we're going to see a down tick in production for one young Anthony Edwards. But, hey, the season is still young, though. He's still averaging over 20 points a game, right? He's 20.9, so he's right there. Carl Anthony Towns is actually right above him at 21.3. So we're, we're, seeing, we're seeing some things, right? But they're just not a good team y'all like i hate to say it like that i don't like to be mean but it's just being honest they're not a good team trust me when i say this trust me y'all just trust me so who has been your biggest surprise so far in this nba season right everybody knows brooklyn's been a surprise just because they haven't been performing well but is it really a surprise the 76ers have been a surprise how bad they're playing, right? I think Atlanta is my surprise team in Portland, obviously. Can't forget Utah. Thank y'all for tuning in to an average fan podcast. This has been your host, L Jones. Share the podcast, comment, rate, like, help us grow be a part of the movement that is about to become something great average fan podcast peace up we out